Welcome to Geek Exploration Creator Corner. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson, and we are joined today by uh, the illustrious Robert Bevan and Steve Weatherall from uh, the Authors and Dragons podcast and, and Shingles and their own varied works as authors. And the uh, the Authors and Dragons convention that you just went to? Yes. Over it, on the other side of the country? They were both there. They do it all. That was true, yeah. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Yeah. We are from the podcast and the live experience. One day I'll make it to one of those. It's a shame this one was so far away. I couldn't make it to the Vegas one either, but uh, if, it's, uh, if it's on our side of the country, it'll be a lot easier next time, too. I'll have to make it happen. Maybe we'll do it in New York next time or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just somewhere convenient. Steve, you want everyone to come out to England? <laughs> if it's convenient for me, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be on a on a different <laughs> landmass. Yeah. But yeah, the last Authors uh, of Dragons, Corby. <laughs> Authors of Dragons, Steve's house. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the live conventions were really good, and we are, we kind of take a little poll after we do them to see. You know where people would like the next one, so it's as convenient to like as many people as possible, and then we just go where we want to go because we're lazy. Have we have we done that yet? <laughs> Not yet. Nobody gets to see the results of the voting, so everyone can feel like they had input <laughs> without having any actual input. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah democracy just say, works. Fuck that place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, so if long it, as no one, so long as no one examines the process at all. And it's a very good and fair process. Yeah, I can write in Antarctica and and feel that you guys actually considered it. Yeah, I mean, we would have read the word, maybe. <laughs> we can promise you that. So uh, I guess just to to let our audience know who you are, like we've mentioned you guys before, uh, and um, and I think you know, and I've been on your show a couple times. Yep, we the, had Rick uh, on our show. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Rick was on our show talking about Transformers a while back, but. Uh, so, uh, you know, you guys are a collection of uh, fantasy comedy writers who have a D&D actual play podcast and have a series of books called Shingles that uh, there are now 45 of, I think I saw on Amazon earlier today. That is correct. Yes, yeah, they've think... all finally been listed under the, under the Shingles uh, series on Amazon. I think Bevan wrote about 40 of those. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. No, I've... I've I've written 19, 18 of them are published. Uh the next my next one number 19 is coming out uh October 1st. Holy Ooh. moly. It's called My Mom is a bunch of cockroaches. Can you, wait, what what was that? <laughs> I I I I feel like it may have broken up a little bit. My mom is a bunch of cockroaches. Oh, my mom. Okay, sorry. I I I missed the beginning of the title and I thought it uh, it had cut off a little oh. bit. <laughs> I, I thought you said my cum is a bunch of cockroaches. <laughs> that could feasibly be a title. Yes. Spoiler alert: there Sequel. is cum in there. <laughs> yeah. So break break it down for our listeners. What is the uh, is the the main core idea behind the Shingles book series? Because I don't want to make any assumptions, but it but it seems you know like it's it's kind of a goosebumps, but uh, for adults. Seems like you just made an assumption. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to, it but it one. had to be made. We try and stay away from that comparison for legal reasons. Oh, yeah. It is a very good comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, th it happened when uh, we were all just chatting in our, in our group chat one day, and uh, Drew, I think it was Drew, posited the idea. I wonder if uh, 
uh, a goosebumps type model would work nowadays. You know, just you know, short twenty thousand word fiction put out month after month uh, in per- perpetuity, and, uh, and that's what we've been doing. And uh, and I said, I, I, it was my idea. I said, um, wait, why not just uh, let's just straight up parody it and uh, you know, make it like ostensibly for children but absolutely not for children <laughs> and uh i got to work immediately on the ghost of hooker alley the rest which, uh, is you history can find, you can see me reading on youtube yeah i've i when i when i am asked to describe or when i try and describe it to somebody i generally say it's like goosebumps for terrible adults yeah yeah that sums it up it's more than just uh adult theme like it is uh it, it, it uh, there's a lot of adults that that aren't cool with that. i was reading some of the uh re- the one oh, yeah. star <laughs> reviews on the uh the audio collection um because those are the fun ones and uh yeah there are some people that are a little upset and uh <laughs> and it's great i didn't i didn't get to see this but i i heard about it um at the convention I was away from my table, probably doing a panel or something. And but uh, some a couple of people told me, like a a mother and her two children walked by my table and they they stopped with interest to look at all of my shingles titles. And then, uh, ooh, it looks like goosebumps. And then uh, the mother, like her face changed and she got really angry and pulled her kids away. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Score. I mean, if, if you if you see a title like uh, like put your hand in my ass with with a with a dummy on the cover, that uh, <laughs> that might make you uh, <laughs> blush. See, see, I had the opposite uh, experience from Bev, and I was setting up my booth, and some sweet old lady just kind of wandered on, onto the convention floor, and she was looking at my books, and I was like, oh, please be please be too old and withered to read this properly. But now she uh, tapped on the, put your hand in my ass. I went, Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> She's like, it came from my butthole. Huh? Sounds interesting. Cool old lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I, I, I was talking to Ben earlier about this. Like he had introduced this to me probably a couple months back. And I, I think I remember Ben, we were on, we were on a uh, movie seller. I think when, when we brought it up, and just looking at these titles, like I just laughed my fucking ass off. Like I can't wait to uh, to read some of these books here. Sense and Sensibility and Sasquatch, you know, like Space Werewolf <laughs> from Planet Sex. Like, come on. But uh, that's a, a personal favorite title of mine. <laughs> Sometimes well, the process is. I mean, Steve's title, but one of my favorites. You think of the title, and now you think, "Well, now I've got to write a story to live up to that title," and that is the the, the shingles process. Some of the times, <laughs> for me, anyway. Yeah, most of the time for me. Yeah. So, so have you guys consistently put one out a month since you started it, or? Yeah, for the past forty-five months. Holy wow! It's, uh, we're closing in on year four. Yeah, for you, Jesus, it's been going four years. And not a single. Yeah, I used lawsuit. to keep a couple in the tank just in case everybody, uh, anybody missed the deadline. But um, I'm I'm falling behind now. Now, how long does it take uh, each of you guys to to write one of these stories? Uh, like I said, they're about twenty thousand words. I generally try and aim for a thousand words a day, so a little over half a month. Hey, the the old Ray Bradbury uh, method. Oh, is it cool? Oh, you've been calling it the Robert Bevan method all this time. <laughs> <laughs> he probably no, that's, stole that's it from strictly you. shingles. <laughs> <laughs>
while you guys put this stuff out, you also write like all of your normal, you know, the normal books that you make as authors. Yeah, the books that people actually want. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I sh- sh- should mention aren't uh, are a little less about buttholes and and other atrocities. A, a little less sometimes, not not all all the way less. Ah, uh, mine. There's a lot of buttholes in my yeah. regular fiction as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Caverns and Creatures, creatures is is a little blue as well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. It's um. For a lot of us, I think the shingles is uh, a good excuse to do something a lot less safer work than would be in our normal books. So I think uh, even Drew tends to be, I think he's our our most socially acceptable author. So his <laughs> shingles, uh, they're not they're not quite as horrible as a Robert Bevan shingles. And you've got people like Rick Walteri and John Hartness who are known for kind of weird gross uh humor in their other books and shingles for them as an excuse to just make it weirder and grosser so <laughs> yeah blow off some steam yeah and and yeah the, i guess joe joseph brassy is the only guy who hasn't from the the show who hasn't written one yet right i'm not sure if joe is no he nearly had a stroke when he read a passage of steve's because <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he's a he's a pretty wholesome guy yeah we need a token good person on the crew. We don't want to. We don't want to sully him. Yeah, someone whose hands are still clean. Yeah, the face. Yeah. <laughs> we need a credible alibi sometimes, and Joe just fits the bill. I need someone to react. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Someone's still got to have some morality to offend occasionally. Absolutely. Yeah, Joe's kind of our uh, canary in the coal mine. If the coal mine was, I don't know, some kind of shit mine. I don't know. Yeah, don't I was going to say, so, so, there's got to be a butthole analogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a colon He's mine. canary in the butthole. There's another shingles title. Yeah. <laughs> See, it writes itself. Very well might be. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, at the heart of shingles, it's kind of, Say so, yeah, Bevan writes the most of them, but I think his approach is maybe the most shingly of the shingles books in that he will write from a very naive uh, point of view of a child and he'll just put these children in hor- such horrific circumstances that when the actual ghosts and monsters show up, you're sort of relieved. <laughs> so oh, this monster's scary, but no one here is scary as that kid's uh, racist uncle. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah that was my vision of what shingles is oh yeah because goose goosebumps always centered around you know ch- children as protagonists so uh hmm. why not other than you know pending litigation do it here <laughs> absolutely i'd have to have i've tried to keep them sort of based around kids or at least young adults but there's sometimes i'm thinking well there's so many jokes I want to say here that I just cannot have uh, coming out of a of a of a child's narration yeah. <laughs> without just feeling awful about myself. See, I always, uh, I mean, like like you were saying before, the child and my the, my child protagonists are all like really naive, and uh, you know the the adults around them are the ones saying all the horrible shit. And they're just going through and kind of a you know the the, the narrators are just going through and kind of a. <laughs> oblivious stupor 
So oh. I don't feel bad about that. That's uh, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, they, the kids stay innocent in all this. They're as close as they can be. Except for... <laughs> yeah, the only exception to that is uh, that I can recall offhand is uh, WizKid. Some of the uh, protagonists got into some shit. <laughs> and I felt I felt a little bit bad about that, but it yeah, it was worth it. I'll okay. get over it. Yeah, I haven't read Wizkiz yet, but if no. you felt a little bad about it, it's it's top of my reading list. <laughs> <now. laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, the, the you know the big thing that you guys have going on right now is uh, you've got an Indiegogo up to um, to try and make a movie out of some of the shingle stories. How did that come about? Steve, you better take this one. Yeah, we're all kind of inspired at the same time. We do a, a kind of side podcast called Out the Movies, where we will just uh, pick a, a fun-looking movie or a really bad-looking movie and just rag on it kind of like uh, riff tracks, but not riff tracks for legal purposes. And um, somebody recommended a, a movie called Caris Hell, which was a movie about a murderous carousel unicorn <laughs> and it's a micro-budget movie, and we've done a couple of micro-budget movies before, and they don't always make the best viewing because they're either just bad or um, they're kind of ironically aware of their own badness, which me makes it quite hard to make fun of them. So we didn't have high hopes, but Karis Hell was actually a really funny comedy script and kind of fit the shingles vibe to the point where we were saying, Bevan, are you sure you didn't black out one weekend and write a movie? Because this sounds kind of exactly <laughs> like something you'd come up with. And uh, after that, we yeah, thought I kind of wondered it a few times myself. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't sure for a minute there. But uh, after it, we thought it'd be fun just to reach out to the director and uh, have him on, on the side quest, which is another uh, sub-podcast we do. We've got a lot of sub-podcasts. And uh, just to talk to him about being a low-budget filmmaker, and he was a very cool guy, a very fun sense of humor, and also mercenary as fuck. He was very much like, like if you give me the money, I'll make a movie. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and before, all those elements sort of were ticking boxes in our heads. Like, we, we might have found somebody who would make a shingles movie. So, uh, yeah, that's where the inspiration was born. I think we just found stumbled across the right dude so and that's that's steve rodzinski right that's right yeah director of caris hell and more recently caris hell 2 which i think is going to be released soon so if you like murderous unicorn movies uh keep an eye out for that sold yeah I, the first time i saw caris hell was at the con at the screening that uh you guys did for it and uh it was it was good. It, like it, it was funny and had the gore in it was su surprisingly good for a movie of that budget. Yeah, I think he got very lucky with his effects guy because um, the budget he was working with, like I said, micro budget. But even you know a lot of micro budget movies would have looked at the carousel budget and just went. I think it's like less than twenty thousand for a, a feature length, which. If anyone knows anything about making movies, uh, those things are expensive. So. Pretty impressive kind of um, uh, punching above his weight, delivering kind of gore and laughs in that movie. So yeah, that that seems almost impossible. Like like it, it's it's difficult to imagine somebody being able to make that happen. That is wild. Yeah, and 
And it's good. Like, I, if they ever have an Oscar for best uh, carousel unicorn sex scene, he's a con- it's a contender. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely a contender. <laughs> I'm not saying it would win it. You know, there's probably fierce competition in that specific niche It's, category, a, it's an honor but... just to be nominated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to be included in the, in the great unicorn sex scenes of cinema. <laughs> um, so Absolutely. Looking at, looking at your campaign here, it looks like you guys are, are looking to uh, make an anthology out of it and include five of your of your stories there. Now, what was the what was the process in picking uh, the the titles that you want to include? Oh, that's a good question because we did kind of when we were thinking about this, we were thinking maybe we could produce just some shorts, or maybe just kind of more or less page for page adaptations. Uh, but I think. Uh, we definitely wanted to do a feature. We wanted it to be as kind of legit as possible. And I think we just decided that an anthology would be the best way to include as many of the shingles titles as possible. And also get, you know, that's kind of an OG shingles crew, which is, which is five of us, uh, Bevan, myself, Rick Walteri, John Hartness and Drew Hayes. Mm -hmm. And we thought it'd be nice that we all kind of got our names on it and, uh, you know, all pushed it with our respective fan bases, so it might sort of up our chances of of getting it out there. But as for how we picked the stories, I think it was just entirely down to budget. Oh, there so are it was two stories on there that are basically there's a Bevan story called "Just Say No," which has a sentient garden gnome, and my story "Put Your Hand in My Ass," which is about a ventriloquist dummy. And those are two kind of, uh, you know, if you can make a, a carousel unicorn uh, talk and <laughs> have fun on screen, then you can do it with a garden, was my reckoning. So, Inanimate objects work for very cheap. Absolutely. So we're just, yeah, trying to be as pragmatic as possible, really, on kind of getting the maximum shingles on screen for sort of uh, what we consider to be uh, a realistic script. Yeah, that's except good. for Drew Hayes, because um, his I don't know if anyone's read Drew Hayes, but that guy writes tomes <laughs> and he does not like he does not write to a realistic budget. So it was very hard <laughs> to find a Drew Hayes story that could be made on the cheap. But we we worked something out. His still takes place in like a in like a an abandoned theme park. Oh jeez! So it's still not going to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could. Uh, Kind of set in like an abandoned Steve's house or something. You know? <laughs> What's wrong with warehouses, guys? Open <laughs> fields. <laughs> but yeah, that's the the main five stories we have are the legend of Jimmy Headshot, put your hand in my ass, just say no, slaughter on Giggle Time Mountain, and zombies ate my homework. And um, that's only if we get the the highest amount because slaughter on Giggle Time Mountain is it like say it's in an abandoned theme park it's a really cool story not just if you like shingles but if you if you just like conventional sort of cheesy horror but that's um that's our plan a script we also have a couple of plan b scripts with less ambitious uh drew stories as well so (laughs) we'll see yeah the other one by drew i've read is aliens wrecked my kegger which has aliens in it, so also not. <laughs> yeah, not cheap super at all. Yeah, budget. So, like, oh, right, you've got this person in a I mean, That could be done cheaply. Yeah, yeah. you could fake that. Guys, easier yeah, than aliens. Park, I, think. On. 
earthbound aliens that look just like humans, yeah. but they're alien. Yeah, you know, like Star Trek style aliens. They <laughs> yeah. got some sort of wiggly bit on their forehead. Yep. Or some pointy ears. Weird yeah. haircut. Now they're aliens. <laughs> this may look like a Winnebago we've wrapped in cling film, but it is a spaceship. <laughs> Talking about scripts, I guess that was the other because So did one of you guys adapt the the stories to script then? Yeah, that was all Steve. I just I wrote a kind of proof of concept script and it ended up being, I think, it's about 120 pages, which is maybe too long for a script. And then the guys went through it and I made sure I was kind of, I tried to be as, as true to their stories as possible and not fuck around with them too much, but time and budget, a lot had to be sort of cut. And um, I had to put my foot down. Yeah. Demand that the gnome <laughs> ass eating scene be included. Well, he was very adamant about that. Yeah. I was, I was curious about that. If, if like, uh, if, you had any any urge to as you were going through the story be like oh well you know i would have done this a little different so i'm just gonna make a little editorial note here as i write my script kind of it was mostly cutting to be honest it was uh everything was, is cut right down and with the just say no i wanted to leave as much as the gnome murder in as possible and I could sort of like logically put that into the to the reduced script time I had to work with. But there's also kind of a lot of no masturbating going on in that story. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as you do, the podcast is now googling this. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give them some time to finish that. <laughs> and I didn't think I could sort of include both of them, but Bevan was very adamant. He said, "If you know, if if we don't get this gnome having its ass eaten out on screen, then this." This project is for nothing. When I fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> so we got it. You also did the script for the Chronicles of Calamity comic, you know, that kind of follows or adapts the the A and D uh, party's adventures. Uh, what have you found is the difference between like writing, you know, uh, books and film scripts and like a comic script? In many ways, uh, writing. The Shingles Anthology feature script was a lot easier than the Chronicles of Calamity because that is a comic book adaptation of our podcast. And our podcast is, um, it's about 70 minutes of us just fucking around and barely getting anything done. We're probably the worst uh, D&D podcast on the internet in many ways in terms of actually <laughs> oh, being able man. to play the game. The comedy comes from us being incompetent. So, I mean, that gives John Luther Davis a chance of maybe catching up someday. Yeah, so we had to. <laughs> if, if, if we'd done it verbatim, it would have been three issues of a comic book of just a rogue drowning in a well while everyone <laughs> laughed at him, which you know conceptually is fun, but maybe not. You know, it's not really a practical adaptation. So when it comes to uh, adapting the Shingles novels, it was kind of, um, you know, all I had to really do is make sure we got the the core components of of everyone's books onto the screen and making sure we're just getting like. You know, maximum uh, maximum money shots. <laughs> we got one in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one li literal one. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you put your foot down on that, Bevan. That's why you are the the creative integrity of this team. But I get that all the time. <laughs> Do you have it on your business cards? <laughs> <laughs> creative integrity. Yeah, the, the actual script wasn't 
well, I say it wasn't too hard, but I imagine between funding it and actually getting it on the screen, there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of screwing around, um, as the director tries to make it a reality, I guess. At least there won't be any studio interference. No, I mean, Steven Zizki is, I think he's on board with the, with the message. When, when we gave him the script, I was like, here's where we find out. Uh, if Bevan's passion for this masturbating gnome scene was well-placed. <laughs> and it was. It's like, yeah, I like the script. I particularly like the masturbating gnome scene. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Like, we knew we made the right decision. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I met Steve at the con, and uh, he's a he's a super nice guy. And, uh, I, I mean, and looking at Carousel, I think he's a really good fit for a shingles movie as well. One thing I meant to ask him when he was there, because I guess he plays spider-man for like live performances like travels the country playing spider-man in live performances for like marvel shows oh shit and uh is he afraid at all do you know of uh of shingles ruining his spider-man career (laughs) (laughs) this is the first Uh, time hearing about a spider-man career (laughs) he keeps his world separate he's going out to go remember kids of great power comes great responsibility and someone say wait a minute didn't <laughs> see you fuck that gnome <laughs> but uh, no he gets to wear a mask i guess so. yeah i guess that helps should be fine yeah the anonymity uh of, of being spider-man really helps like it's it's actually the the idea of the secret identity playing out in real life like it, it protects yeah. uh, protects your your life separate from being spider-man <laughs> has to wear a mask to protect those he loves yep. and also his career. <laughs> yeah, his, his paycheck. We could talk a little bit about the campaign itself. So you guys are trying to raise 60000 bucks. It's on Indiegogo. Uh, you could, we'll, I'll, right. I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, it is all, you know, you could just search Shingles on Indiegogo. Yeah, Shingles the movie. And the only other thing I saw that popped up was mm. uh, something about Roof Shingles. It's not that one. Yeah, do Shingles the movie yeah. and you'll get right to it. Yeah, it's not uh, skin condition or roofing. It's the other one. That's us. Well, yeah, what are you guys trying to raise and what are you trying to do with it? And uh, like, what are the perks that people can can get? It's 60,000. Like I said, that's our plan A script. 70,000 will get you to plan A script with a potential horror name attached. So somebody who's uh, uh, a recognizable name from the, the horror world. Not sure how that'll tie in with the no masturbation thing, but we'll see. We have a plan B script at forty-five thousand, so that's kind of the minimum we're going for. And in terms of perks, there are quite a few cool perks. I'm afraid the movie prop, the movie prop uh, dildo nunchucks have sold out, so you're too oh. late for them. But you, <laughs> you can still get a signed throwing dildo. <laughs> that perk is available. So. <laughs> and the, the sloppy dummy is still available, isn't it? That's yes. right, yeah. You, you can get the the actual puppet that was actually fisted on screen, signed by the director. That's still available. Uh, and the, the other perks are kind of the usual stuff. There's You can get a digital link or a DVD or a Blu-ray, and there's also other stuff where you can have signed movie posters as well as the DVD and some uh, like kind of autographed artwork from the movie that's all available you can get an invitation for a to a digital premiere the coolest perk i think is to be an extra perk um if you can make it to i think he films around the pittsburgh area 
So if you can make it to wherever that area might be at a given date, you can get the be an extra tier, which will also give you the um, the DVDs and the signed posters and the digital premiere invite. But you can actually be in the movie, which I think is pretty sweet. You, maybe you could be masturbated upon and or murdered by a gnome. Yeah. Well, you know, we Perhaps. can't promise anything because there's only so much yeah. masturbating gnome in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like you'd have to have an extra tier if you were going to be like a part of a money shot. <laughs> yeah. No, I think gnome boot khaki is um you know it's its own thing but we'll see i don't know i don't know I how made that a the, tier yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, a brilliant idea now that i think about it um, I mean, yeah usually you have to pay people know. to be in movies but if they pay you to be in the movie that's even better <laughs> exactly so there are 10 of those left if anyone is dreaming of a kickstart in their hollywood career mm-hmm. by uh, potentially being is done by a gnome we'll see yeah that's your one imdb credit gnome gnome jizzy speaking of imdb credits that uh another perk is um you can get our producer credit oh yeah you can uh, just if you don't want to be a a fluffer for a gnome you can just get the producer credit which will get you the dvd and the side posters and all that but also you will be listed as a producer on the movie which you can put on a business card should you so desire Film producer John Williams. I like that. I, that, that. That looked good on my resume. Also, helped me in my day job. Oh, then again, I don't know if I could if I could have my day job watch the movie that I helped produce. They're, 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 I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, Let's just leave that. I produced the movie. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're at like just over eighteen grand now. So about halfway through the campaign. So we're sort of we're stepping up now with our, our promotional activities. Bevan and I, well, Bevan did a live reading of The Ghost of Hooker Alley last week, which went on for about seven hours and <laughs> we raised about $4,000. So we've been doing more oh, than nice. Rick did a live reading of um, Gary's Children this Friday, and that went really well too. So we're going to be uh, doing a few more of them uh, if you want to keep an eye out for us on the YouTube or our Facebook um, when, when is the, the actual end of the campaign? I don't, I, my, my brain math isn't working right now. And, and I didn't feel like, like trying to figure it out while we're talking. It looks like it goes I to would say October 7th or okay. 8th, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I've got it pulled up right but now. It says, uh, that little calendar thing. It says the eighth is the end of, in, in the eighth. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't want to want to say like, oh, twenty six days left, because we're definitely. I mean, it's not yeah, coming out today. It, yes, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that is where we are currently. So it's going to come out October eighth. Um, we're we're about a third of the way there. Yeah, thirty percent there. Um, now I've got a question for you guys here because we we uh, we bring people on that are doing uh, doing crowdfunding. We always like to ask this question: is um, what made you go with uh, with Indiegogo as opposed to the other? you know, big dick in crowdfunding with, uh, being Kickstarter? Uh, good question. I think we used Indiegogo for the comic book and we had no idea what the, um, what the kind of production process was going to look like for that. So we wanted a flexible goal because mm-hmm. basically the way we, uh, funded our comic book is we'd been releasing the artwork for it in the background to our patrons. Uh, they pay as every month and as a bonus we'd use that to pay for the artwork so the artwork was already complete and we knew that even if we didn't make our goal we could still 
we still wanted to produce the comic book. So mm-hmm. Indiegogo left us that kind of flexibility and we've just been using it since. We've done pretty well on it. And I also, I, we're sort of doing something the same now. So you say we've got a $60,000 goal. We've also got a $45,000 goal. If it comes to it, we can probably have another slash at the script and come out with a cheaper goal than that. So I think we're all very much the writers and Steve Rosinski in particular of the mind that we're definitely going to produce something, but you know what we actually produce just um, will be determined by how much money we get. So as long as we have that kind of uh, flexibility and so long as we're um, fulfilling the, the tiers as promised, which uh, we're pretty confident we can do, then you know the Indiegogo flexible goal sort of just works in our favor. Yeah, that does seem really convenient. Yeah, I think I'm right in thinking that Kickstarter doesn't offer that. They no. do not. No, yeah, it's all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, you really have to be biting your fingernails sometimes just to just to see if if you're going to get anything. Like, and, th- and that was one of our one of our big fears too is that you know it, it gets to the end and say somebody drops out because I, I believe with Indiegogo you know it 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 grabs the cash immediately and and you know so it's like secure there with Kickstarter it doesn't pull funds until the thing is all done. So if all of a sudden, you know, if you were $5 over and a $10 backer pulled out, you, you lose everything. <laughs> yeah. That, who needs that kind of pressure, man? That's, that's, I certainly don't. No. Like, like we kind of had like a, a, a pseudo backup plan that like within like, if we got a few days in and we were like a hundred dollars down, we were going to be like, all right, let's just put like 300 bucks in there yeah. ourselves just to make sure. Just to be safe. We don't lose everything else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it, it, it allows us to be honest about having a flexible product as well. So we're being pretty upfront about that. Like, yeah, if we get all the money, we'll definitely give you the plan A script. But uh, if we don't, we're going to give you something and it's going to be fun. Um, it just, it might not have the whole Drew Hayes abandoned theme park, uh, (laughs) ambition to it. It won't have the giant CGI monster. Yeah. Yeah, So so the scale of this atrocity is up to you, fair listener, and generosity. You're going to be entertained no (laughs) matter what, but pony up fucks. Let's, let's get, let's get the best thing we can get out. There will be an atrocity, but like I say, if you want it to be a bigger atrocity, then, you know. Economies of scale, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. I mean, and then you guys, um, yeah, I want to give you guys an opportunity to kind of talk about you, your own stuff that you've got going on, too, because you are both uh, authors in your own right as well. So um, do you guys want to talk a bit about, like, you, you know, what you write and, like, kind of what your uh, what else you do other than uh, create these horrible tales? Uh, yeah, um, um, I'll go. My, my, go ahead. Yeah, you go. You've got something coming out soon, haven't you? Yeah, well, um, I've got a. I, I, I'm mostly known for my Caverns and Creatures um, series of comedy fantasy novels about a bunch of guys who are uh, playing uh, not Dungeons and Dragons for legal reasons, <laughs> and uh, they get swept up into the game in the bodies of their characters, and hilarity ensues. I'm still waiting on uh, final edits to come in, but I'm about to release the ninth book in that series. And yeah, other than that, I write uh, I write short stories in the uh, in the same universe. I just recently put out the uh, si- the eighth collection of six short stories called Eight D Six, and 
Yeah, I write, uh, I write a bunch of shingles. I wrote uh, a book called Space Puppies, which uh, is even more problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Space Puppies thoroughly. Oh, you read that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I bought At the first con, I bought a copy. <laughs> wow. I, I, I saw there was one sitting on your table still. I was surprised you still had copies of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm curious. What would you say is is your the the most extreme of any book you've written? Because it, it seems like like, like okay, all right, <laughs> without question. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> and I, I have that, John. You can yeah. I'll, I'll lend it to you. You can read it. It'll be an eye opener, and it's, it's an experience. <laughs> it will be that. <laughs> well, you know, and and I know I know we had just uh, we had just stepped away from shingles, but while we're on the topic of uh, of of uh, of well, no, I guess we've been on on the topic of books the entire time. But I was they are I, authors. It was on my mind, so um, <laughs> I I did want to ask a question real quick uh, of you guys. Like, uh, wh- which one of your shingles books do you think is the the best? entry into uh into the series like either uh for for the series in of it uh in its entirety or the ones that you've written like and i don't want to just say like what's the best so 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 you're having to pick your favorite child but i'm i'm curious like shorthand if, which one should john buy well i mean i'm going through the list i'm adding to my, <laughs> to my cart right now i want to i want to get into the series but yeah i am curious like where would you start people i'd i'd start at the beginning the ghost of hooker alley that uh I don't know. In some ways, it still feels like the the shingliest of the shingles. Um, <laughs> so when I, when I was reading it last week for the uh, the podcast, the, the the like the live our, stream our shinglethon, <laughs> I um I forgot how much like yeah. There's a little bit of actual feeling in there. I surprised myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was an emotional moment. Yeah, yeah uh, Ghost of Hercarelli is a few people's kind of favourite one. I'd say it's probably the, the shingliest of the shingles. But uh, I think if I was gonna if I was gonna pick my best contender, uh, I'd probably put your hand in my ass. Every I think everybody's familiar with the ventriloquist dummy, and you know it's kind of a staple of 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 horror and of of the. Um, the legitimate series that I don't want to, I don't want to name in this sentence for legal reasons. I love the, the pervasiveness of for legal reasons as an expression. <laughs> this is just subtitle of this episode that like for legal reasons. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's like, well, what, what hasn't been done with the ventriloquist dummy? And I just thought, well, you know, what if it just likes being fisted? <laughs> Maybe it doesn't have a, to have much of a plan other than that. So that was a good starting starting good, point I, for that story, and I had some fun with it. I, I really enjoyed the monkey's penis as well. It's a nice twist on a classic. Tale. <laughs> on the monkey's, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> another title we won't name for legal reasons. <laughs> that one's probably in public domain now. Yeah, that's fine. The, that guy's dead. I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of my shingles are kind of like, well, just just take this sort of well-known trope or classic and and do a problematic shingles version of it. I've got the shingling, which is my version of the Shining. I really enjoyed writing that one because that's sort of my favorite movie, and I thought, well, if, if I love it so much, why don't I try and destroy it? <laughs> why, why don't um, I take a big steaming dump all over? <laughs> yeah. I've got Stranger's Thing, which might be my favorite title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And again, you actually quite you quite actually quite like Stranger Stranger Things. So again, just oh, shit yeah, on stuff but, uh, you love. I like shitting on it much more. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost easier to 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 lampoon things you love because uh, you know, like you 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 know what counts and what can be you know where the the seams are. Yeah, if somebody wanted me to to do a an a uh, a raunchy parody of Superman. Like I, I, as long as you weren't just turned off by the raunchiness of it, like you would appreciate all the all the Superman stuff I would put in there because I know the property so well. Like that, like that, that would be my best bet at coming up with a with a good raunchy parody. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I sometimes think like, oh, wouldn't it be great to do a parody of something popular? Like Bevan did a parody of Harry Potter, but I don't actually like Harry Potter, so I don't know if I could write an effective. Like an enjoyable parody of it. I was just, I never got into that. I don't really that, like but. it either, but, uh, you know, I had the idea of what if, uh, what if the kids are doing butter meth and <laughs> I couldn't let that go? <laughs> um, I, I guess, so Steve, I guess you, you didn't get a chance to talk about your stuff yet. So, uh, yeah, I fucked that up. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, my, my series are generally a lot more safer work than the shingle stuff. I have the doomsayer journeys with Falstaff books and that's kind of like, if you like Douglas Adams, Terry Pratchett kind of thing, it's, uh, this sprawling sort of sci-fi fantasy comedy work, end of the world and stuff and, uh, humorous adventures along the way. And the latest installment of that, the endless adventures of hand and strike came out about a month ago. So you can get that while it's hot. Sorry, oh, yeah, and guess more fitting to the horror theme, uh, Shoot the Dead. If you want to watch some, uh, we'll read about some cockney gangsters versus uh, zombies and vampires and chainsaw-wielding freaks. That's a fun time. We, sh- we should also re- mention, uh, Steve and I have both written, and, and um, John and and Rick as well, we've written books from uh, about our our characters in the Authors and Dragons podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Steve wrote The Totally Legend of Brandon Thymaster, and I wrote Klaus Encounters. <laughs> yeah, if you're interested in reading about the origin story of our ridiculous podcast characters, you can pick those up. Yeah, and, and you guys all have a pretty good audiobook game, too, because I, I, I find I, I don't do a lot of reading uh, on page, because... Uh, I just have a hard time finding time to do it, but I've I've listened to you know quite a few of your guys' books and like the the shingles stuff. Most of that I have listened to in audio, and uh, the production quality on those is excellent. Yeah, Bevan, you work with a uh, Saturn Five Sound. I think uh, Jonathan Sleep, your narrator, was at the latest A and D Con. I think he did a yes. live shingles reading, but um, I'm not sure if we had to scrap that due to. <laughs> Legal reasons, but um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. He's a nice guy as well. Yeah, he does my uh, main series, but um, the actual shingles audiobooks are are done through Tantor. Yeah, uh, Tantor have been pretty good. We're always slightly surprised when Tantor kind of take on the next batch of, <laughs> of shingles stories because uh, I think both our narrators use fake names, which I completely understand. <laughs> That's sensible. They've got pseudonyms for, for, for their, for their collection of off-color work. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it is fun fun hearing a professional 
you know, a VA person reading this stuff and being like, yeah, they, they're, they're getting paid for this. Someone's getting paid to read about this kid <laughs> finding a dildo. These are accomplished voice <laughs> talents. They've got worthy projects attached to their real names. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're professionals. Somebody puts a shingle script in front of him, they're going to read it. No matter how awful and a bad idea it may be. Uh, well, excellent. I mean, unless did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah, plug it up. Where can people where can people find you? Uh, you, you can find the Authors and Dragons podcast. Uh, I think we're on Anchor.fm, but you better off. You, it should be on your podcast providing platform of choice, or you can find us on YouTube, where we do some extra comment uh, content on there. Uh, we have a Patreon if you want to sign up for it. Gets you into an exclusive Discord where we hang out, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, where else are we on the internet? Just on the internet in general. You're on Amazon. I know that. At least, at least your books are <laughs> on Audible. Um, yeah, or just authorsanddragons.com as well. If you want to drop by there. Yeah, and I think most of us have our own Facebook pages as well. Uh, and I've got a website, cavernsandcreatures.com. Guys are fucking everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, keep you. Also, most importantly, you can find us on Indiegogo. Yeah. Yep. Bring your wallet. That's kind of what we're doing right now. It's sort of all hands on deck making this movie happen. So uh, go check out Indiegogo. There should be the occasional update on there. We have a, uh, a fluid meter. That gets updated now and then. <laughs> that you can look at. I mean, it 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 looks like like a like a regular thermometer, but when you call it a fluid meter, <laughs> just, after all we've talked about it, it invokes something else entirely. <laughs> should have just you should have shaped it just like a big used condom. Slowly fill it. To oh the top. yeah. Next time. I was pretty excited when I heard this was a thing that you guys were going to try and do. I, I really want to see this happen. So uh, everybody go, go check it out at least. Uh, it, it, it's not for everyone, but um, you know, it, it, even if this isn't your thing, yeah, th throw them a few bucks. It's good to know that someone is out there, uh, you know, ruining the world in a different way than all the normal people are. It's <laughs> <That's> inspiring, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you guys very much for coming on. This was fun, um, and best of luck with the Indiegogo. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, cheers for having us on, uh, letting us plug our stuff, making the world just a little bit more awful in a special way. Cheers. <laughs>